Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. How many of you are glad that this uh, Thanksgiving was over, but now we're going into a new season of celebration, and you're glad that God has blessed you with the opportunity and the good health and the prosperity in your life to celebrate Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights from above. What we're going to be doing now, we're going to be going into a new series. So we're going from semester to semester. Our new semester actually starts again in February. So during the month of December, we're going to hit a series this month, and then we're going to hit another series in January. And in January, we get ready for the year. We do our first fruits. Uh, We also do our 21 days of fasting and prayer and We uh, get lined up with God for 2021, uh, and we're going to expect God to move in our lives no matter what the year brings. We are going to walk into 2021 stronger, better, and wiser, and prepared. Someone say prepared. The blessings of God doesn't fall on people that are lucky. It falls on people that are prepared. Remember that. The more prepared you are for something good, the more of an execution expectation you should have. So this December, we're going to be going into a new series called Happy Birthday, Jesus. Throughout the season, we have grabbed on to the culture that America has projected to us. We want to be intentional this month to infuse a family value, to deal with our families, let God deal with our families and deal with our hearts that we're going to focus on this month and make it all about Jesus. How many of you know someone that when it's their birthday, they celebrate their birthday all month? It's like the whole month's about them, right? Like, like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, man, we're celebrating my birthday. Happy birthday. Well, it's not this week. It's next week, but we're celebrating the whole month. I got one kid like that. I know that there is a place for us to be celebrated but we're going to make sure we have a place for Jesus to be celebrated in the church. And we want to convey that same type of culture from our family to yours. And we want to see what December brings just because of this one change that we make or this one thing that we continue to do. Some of you may do this, but once we have the staff members, our pastors lined up to speak, you're going to be hearing from Pastor CJ next week. You're going to be hearing from Pastor Caleb the last week of December. We're going to make sure that we are going to make it all about Jesus, and we're going to just get on board and just make this month a good month for celebrating God. Will you stand to your feet here this Sunday morning? Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 9, if you will. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be reading 6 and 7. Very short, but we're going to start this series off. And we're going to begin to talk about finding the joy in Christmas. Finding it out and understanding what it's really about. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Someone say, God gave his son. Now, when you think about this, you have to put yourself in the father's position. How many of you remember the first day, if you have children, how many of you remember the first day you took your child to the daycare or took him to kindergarten? And that what you felt in your heart when you dropped them off and that feeling you had 
but you're going to get them back a few hours later. But imagine how Jesus felt or how God felt when he gave his only son to give him to the world, like give him wholeheartedly to the point of death and knew everything he was going to have to encounter and confront. He would come back and sit with him at the right hand of his authority and power and position. But imagine that. So when it says for unto us a child is born and then unto us a son is given, that means holds a lot of context in that. And the government will be upon his shoulders. In other words, he's going to rule and he's going to carry out the government of God, his will and his plan. And his name will be called Wonderful. Wonderful is a word that you use when you really can't describe something. When you say it was wonderful, it was had wonderment in there. It had a sense of awe. But him, he as a child would be wonderful, counselor, all wisdom, mighty God, strong, everlasting father, loving forever. There's nothing you can't do to move yourself from the love of God. The prince of peace to give you peace of mind in a troubled world. This is all describing Jesus, all but the name, but all the attributes of the increase of his government and their peace. There will be no end, say there's no end to it, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice for the time forward, from this time forward and forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. In other words, it's going to be by the passion of God. We serve a passionate God that he's going to move forward with fervency and he's going to establish that. This is what it's all about. If we can take this and apply it in our lives to celebrate the birth of someone who changed our life, let's make this whole month about him. Let's just begin with the good service today. Let's begin with the blessing. Can you bless the service one more time? Can you bless the, the words? Bless, bless me. I need God's help. I pray that God touches your heart for every heart to receive right now. We pray for every listener and every viewer, God, through Facebook and through God, uh, through YouTube and everyone watching right now. Bless them all. Bless them, Father. Bless them with the fervency and the zeal from you. And let this service be granted God wisdom and love. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Give him one more birthday clap. Come on, somebody tell him. Somebody say happy birthday, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for being here. Um, it's so important to, to raise your family in and under the direction of God's word. So important to rely upon the scriptures in this book, the things that God has written, the thing and the lifestyle and the culture that it conveys to all of us. Inside this book, there, there is a culture. There is a way of life. There is guidelines. There is direction. It is the compass to the traveler. It really is a map and a guidance to those that are looking for a way, a new way, a better way. It's because of this scripture in Isaiah that the Hebrew people began to look for those attributes in one they would call the Messiah. 
Isaiah gives a grand introduction of Jesus. Although he never says his name, he gives him such a celebratory uh, description of who he would be from being wonderful to being a counselor that has all wisdom, understanding, knowledge, understanding all things. That he would never be dethroned as other kings were because of their self-righteousness or their wayward ways. They would, he, would never, he would never step aside from following the will of God. And, and so we see this in the life of Jesus coming from the seed of David, the seed of Abraham, coming from a royal lineage. He steps into this world really a pauper, really very humble, but yet in the spirit world, majesty, uh, royalty, holding all authority. Uh, the words of a king, the scripture says, with the words of a king is there is power, and we saw that demonstrated in the life of Jesus. That unmatched wisdom that he had even at the age of 12 when he entered into the synagogues and his parents had lost him for a, for a while and they went back and found him sitting there mesmerizing the lawyers and the teachers and the religious people. So he displayed every one of these attributes. When he would walk into a, uh, whether it was a leper colony or whether it was a lame man's house, he would always leave there leaving the people in wonder. Always a sense of awe because they knew that God had did something miraculous and they were healed. Just who he was was just phenomenal. No one ever, ever has ever been in this world that can match or be compared to Jesus Christ. But more than the miracles, signs, and the wonders, he came and gave his life for every single one of us. Sometimes I wonder what would have happened had God not sent his son. What would have happened had Jesus not been born and we've not really received the benefits of his death. Had he not been born, I think in this world we've had more chaos, more trouble. So this time of the year should be the time of the year. But according to uh, most scholars, we really don't know if Jesus was born on December the 25th, and to me it's irrelevant. Some say it was this January the 6th. Some look at other events around, you know, following the excavation, the timelines, and, and they, they choose other dates. To me, it doesn't matter what date it is as long as Jesus is honored, as long as we celebrate it. So regardless if there has ever been a pagan origin for any holiday, as Christians... What the devil meant for evil, we take and turn around for good. So we have chosen December the 25th to be the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of our Savior, the birth of the one who came into this world, and, and the excitement and the respect and the honor. But somehow throughout the centuries and throughout the years, things have changed, and now it's not the time of the year where there is going to be uh, celebration for the birth, but it's more of a time of the year where people anticipate getting in debt and also comparing themselves among themselves. And in some cases, it becomes depressing for some people. In some cases, it becomes very, very hard to manage because there's loved ones that aren't there to celebrate with them and because it's a moment for family. We don't want to extract the family value from this, but we just want to realign the family to follow what it's really about 
And throughout the years, it's become, at least in America, more materialized and more, more marketed as a, a time of sales, uh, cyber sales and, you know, and, and, and getting everything that we can for our kids. I think it's wonderful to bless your children. Uh, but this, this culture that we're living in right now has forgotten that it was the birth of our Savior and it was the birth of someone who brought peace into the world. Once again, what would it have been like if Jesus wasn't born? I'll give you an idea. First of all, America wouldn't be America right now. The land of the free, the home of the brave, the, 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 the country that was established on biblical principles where men gave their lives based on their convictions and considering their life to Christ. And I guarantee you that all of us, and those watching wouldn't be here right now, not coming from a Hebrew background, we would still be worshiping idols. We would still be someplace worshiping a false god under the false notion that this god could bring us pleasure and prosperity because we follow the mandate of an individual or a man-made religion that had nothing to do with God. But God foresaw, he foresaw all the darkness that would be there, and he sent his only begotten son, released him into a dark place, released him into a dark world to be a light, to give his life, to become the light of men. And now, here you and I, because God gave birth and allowed his son to be born of a virgin and come into this world and come in lowly maybe but come in spiritually high at a higher place of authority to establish our rights as his children and set the tone for us in our life. So here we are. Here we are. Here you are at Riverside Church. And the only reason you're here in this specific location Let's narrow it down to our lives. It's because one day God saved this guy right here too. I think there's some things that we need to recognize that had God not given birth to certain people, that none of us would be here neither. Celebrating someone's birth is a big deal. And I, I do believe in celebrating birthdays. I do believe in celebrating someone's life. But sometimes I think we get it out of perspective and don't give Jesus enough celebration and recognition. This season is so depressing for some. Even WebMD has come out with antidotes for the holiday blues. I looked it up. WebMD has it out there. Well, there's, there's the reason they call the causes for the holiday blues and here, here's one of the causes is this, it's stress, number one, stress. And then there's fatigue because people are fatigued from not just working the hours that they need to work to make Christmas happen in their perspective, but stressed because probably they don't even have what other people have. And by the way, who sets the standard for that? Who says we have to have a Hallmark wedding? Uh, Christmas. And wedding. <laughs> Got wedding on my mind right now. <laughs> Got one more to go. That's it. Girl, at least. <laughs> that's funny because that's been on my mind all week. 
the Christmas, though, I'm telling you, we've been following the guidelines of what Hollywood has, has given us. And my wife loves Hallmark, though. She loves those, those romance Christmases, which I think they're cool, too. I think they're all right. But sometimes I'm like, really, dude? Now you're going to make it that much harder for me? <laughs> like, you set the bar, like, way too high. I'm only 5'7", man. <laughs> right? Here's another reason for the stress during the holidays. Unrealistic expectations. There it is, comparison. This is what it should be like. This is what I want. Over-commercialization. Over-commercialization. Say that three times. You know what was funny? I did a, like a, I do research on crazy stuff, right? Like things that have nothing to do with anything, but I like to do research on stuff. And I thought one day I was driving and I was picking up a hamburger from a franchise. And, and when I picked it up, I looked at the hamburger and I looked at the billboard. And I said, that's not the same burger. <laughs> that is not what I expected to get. I saw on a documentary where they would take food and they would use, instead of whipped cream and some icing, they would use glue because it looks shinier and it's thicker and they would cosmetically take food and color it with a paintbrush or airbrush, make everything look super good and super perfect just to whet your appetite to get you to go through. That's what you call good marketing but also deceptive marketing. The problem that we have with this time of the year is that Hollywood and the culture has projected this unrealistic Christmas or this time of the year where everyone is driven to try to expect that in their life and put into demands on that on each other and their families and wearing them out and wearing yourself out as well. So we felt so strong and so compelled to, to realign ourselves with the whole reason why December even exists in America and it originated with the birth of Jesus Christ. The stress comes with because of financial, financial, a lack of finances and financial stress and the ability, the inability to be with certain family members that have passed on already. Uh, some people, the balancing the demand of shopping and going to dress-up parties and company parties and got to have this or got to look better than them or the expectation, the obligations and all the responsibilities that come with that are so unrealistic that we drive ourselves insane, crazy, crazy. People who don't understand the full view and what it really is to live this Life for Christ and understand what this month is really about are driven to habits and they get headaches during this time of the year, stress headaches. They give themselves to excessive drinking, overeating. Don't look at me, look at yourself. I'm working off that turkey still. But this time of the year, we don't recognize the signs because people think, oh, I'm not depressed, nothing wrong with me. Look at the habits. Look at what goes on. Look at the lifestyle, what we try to substitute and deal with it, especially with insomnia and the inability to sleep well and to do what's necessary. So WebMD said, you know, here's some, 
here's some ideas to how to deal with it. So I took their points, and I, I'm just going to read a few of them, but I kind of infused Jesus in it, and I put the bi biblical principle in it so you guys can comprehend it and apply it to your life. But I, there are 12 of them. I'm not going to read all of them, but if you want them all, you can download my notes from the app and print them off at home, and you got my whole sermon there. But here's one of them. Make realistic holiday expectations instead of unrealistic ones. Do it according to your budget, not what you're seeing on television. Pace yourself. No one called you to be Santa's elves to go make everything right. One of my favorite movies is Elf. Love the part when he goes into the shopping center, he gets hired, and he just wants, I don't know, he, I don't even know if he got hired. I think he just started hanging out over there. <laughs> he decorated everything around there, made him go crazy, made him go crazy. Sometimes we try to measure up to what other people's Christmases looks like, or we feel like we've got people coming to our house to visit, even family. Now, bear with me now, uh, but sometimes even family. We know someone's coming over. We feel like we have to impress them. That may not be everybody, but if you deal with that kind of stuff, can I tell you, whether you have a fancy tree, whether you have no tree, if they're family, they should still love you for who you are anyways. And friends, they should still love you for who you are. One year we decided that well, you know, Jesus got three presents when he was born. We're just going to give our kids three presents, too. And someone came over and saw our tree, and there wasn't very many presents, and they felt so sorry for us and thought, oh, my God, and they went and bought us presents. We were just following a principle. We were trying to honor God and trying to do something that we were in, trying to change our perspective. We were doing what we needed to do to follow after God. And there are so many different schools of thought. I mean, so many different schools of thought as far as Christmas is concerned. Let me begin by saying this as well before I give point number one. We understand it in some of these uh, remedies here and suggestions of dealing with it. We understand the origin of Christmas. We trace it back all the way to pagan holidays and know where the Christmas tree comes from. And actually, actually, some people have taken Jeremiah chapter 10 and tried to use that as a, a, a beginning, an origin of where the Christmas tree came from. But that's not where it came from. I mean, it, if you read Jeremiah chapter 10, it talks about going into the forest, taking a tree and fastening it to the ground and decking it with, with the tire and joy and worshiping it as an idol. Now, number one, we do have a Christmas tree coming in with the angel tree, and you have my permission. If anyone comes in, bows down, and worships that thing, you have my permission to kick them. I'm, right now, I'm just telling you, you have my permission to hit them in the back of their head and saying, what are you doing, stupid? Okay, stupid's a strong word, excuse me. Dummy, what's going on? Anybody, we know we're not going to worship a tree. So everyone has their different perspective and different convictions about things. What we have learned in the church is that anything the devil has tried to throw at us, we've always taken it and used it for good and created alternatives, just like Halloween. We don't celebrate Halloween, but we do have family fest, and we create an alternative for the children. 
So there are different things that we adopt, but what we recognize is, is that there is stress in the atmosphere. Here's what they also try to tell you to do. Look to the future with op optimism that life isn't all about saving up for Christmas and wearing yourself out afterwards. Go beyond that. Look towards having a successful after the holidays, kind of like your vacation. Have you ever taken a vacation and said to yourself, I need a vacation from my vacation? The holidays were never meant for you to become weary and lose momentum and get sidetracked. That's why when you put Jesus first and honor him during this month, you're going to be filled with energy and faith, and you're not exhausted at the end because you didn't follow a culture. You stuck to the book and stuck to your own convictions where you made it about him and not about the marketing and the commercialization of what America is projecting for us to do. If we don't grab a hold of this, then we're going to be out of kelter, and we can't, as a church, become stronger if we lose him during the holidays because it's very possible. For example, I'm going to give you a pastoral perspective of the holidays. After the holidays, we have to deal with tryptophan that comes from the turkeys after every Thanksgiving to get everybody to stand to their feet, clap their hands, give your energy out there. Why do you tell everybody stand to their feet, clap their hands? Because they need to wake up. They got too much turkey in their system, and we got to get it all out. Christmas, stay focused on God. Don't lose it. Don't get all worried and flustered about not having enough money for gifts. Don't go buy stuff that you can't afford to do, and don't put it on the card. We can't tell you what to do, but we can encourage you. Don't get in debt and make yourself miserable. Just a suggestion, just a friendly reminder that December is all about Jesus. December is all about celebrating him. Christmas, point number one, is more than a holiday. We are celebrating the birth of someone that made a difference in our life. How many of you love celebrating birthdays? Raise your hand. I love celebrating birthdays, but I am very thankful for certain people that were born into this world. Like, number one, my life is my wife. I'm so glad that Eileen and Donald Kirk gave birth to a baby girl on April the 12th, 19, and none of your business. So happy about it. Because had my wife not been born, I promise you, I probably wouldn't be here. That woman has taught me how to love and how to love God and how to just, she's been a, at such a total strength to my life. But I also know that if I hadn't met my wife, these kids wouldn't be here. I'm thankful that Koi Nofemia Slavic gave birth to a young boy named Caleb Slavic and that he met my daughter who was born. On 9-11, I'm thankful that my parents gave birth to me. If I wasn't born, none of you would be here. This church wouldn't be here. But had Jesus not been born, none of us would be alive. None of us would be here. You understand and see how the domino effect happens? How many of you remember Pastor Alex Suber coming to preach for us not too long ago? Remember Pastor Alex? Wasn't he cool? He was a great communicator, started off in this church, but he met his wife through this church. Had we not started the church, they wouldn't have met from one family to another. There are connections that happen.
but this is the way it works in the church. Some of you would have never found new friends. Some of you would have never found the success or establishment of the businesses that you have or the networks or the blessings of God based on one birth. That's the birth of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that for one moment, how one birth, how one person can make a difference in all of our lives. Changes our projection of our life, the direction of our life, where we're going, what we're doing. Everything, everything. And to think that because of one baby being born, no wonder Herod wanted to have him killed. He didn't even know. He was intimidated because he thought another king was coming to take his place. But it wasn't about that. It was about the spirit behind Herod that knew that that was going to be the Messiah, the one that was going to save their, his people from their sins, the one that will be the opposition for them. And he, look at, that's why you look at the child, Jesus, when he was born, why he had to move from Bethlehem, go to Egypt, from Egypt to Nazareth, then to Nazareth all the way. That was 12 years, 12 years of traveling, of hiding, of getting safe, all because he was born. You ever wonder why you have gone through the things you've gone through to get to where you're at right now? If you've ever had a struggle growing up, Maybe your teenage years weren't the best. Maybe as a young man or young woman, maybe you, you had these battles and maybe addictions and, and forward ways. And you ever wonder why? Could it be that when you were born, hell knew, the devil knew what a threat you would be one day? What a threat you would become? Because God highlights specific people in life. And God's hand is on certain people even when they're born. When everyone is born, God gives life and God gives assignments. And God will preserve you. I believe that there are people here and those listening to me right now that have divine assignments in their life. And the, one of the reasons why you went through everything you went through is because when you were born, you had an assignment. And they may not have been when you were younger, but it was for an appointed time in your life that when you get there, you'll know this is the reason I was born. Case in point, happened to Esther. Esther was born just for the deliverance of Israel. And, and she had an uncle who told her, and you read the scriptures about Esther. He said, if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else up. But listen, how do you know for such a time you've come just for this, for such a time? Sometimes it takes the people close to you to help you realize your significance of why you were born. And that, my friend, that is exactly what most people are trying to look for in their life. They're trying to look for their significance, their purpose, why they were born. Jesus knew why he was born. At the age of 12, he was confounding every lawyer and every Pharisee in the temple. He knew why he was, why he was born. The problem isn't with Jesus knowing why he was born. The problem we have is the church needs a new, needs a new understanding of why he was born. Once we can get that full understanding in our, in our conscience... I promise you, when you celebrate the birth of Jesus in December, we're going to make a big deal about it, right? We're going to make a huge deal about it. It's your birthday, Jesus, right? It's your birthday, right? 
right? Come on, shorty. It's your birthday. You remember? It's just, it's just recognizing that he is who he says. I did that for my kids just so they can just go, oh, my God, that is so cringy, Dad. I love embarrassing my kids. I love it. You and I need another conviction and recognize that if we don't celebrate Jesus in December, it's going to be taken from us, and we're not going to look at Christmas the same anymore. This is what's happened in the church. What we are trying to do today at Riverside Church is try to establish a new culture a new way of making this all about jesus christmas is more than a holiday christmas is about celebrating the birth of our savior our savior listen to me our Savior, the one who died for you, the one who forgave you of your sins, the one who brought you out of addiction, the one who saved your marriage, the one who blessed you with that job that you got right now, the one who blessed you with the opportunity in the mind to develop those gifts in your life, our Savior, who we were all going to, are you ready? Can I say it? hell but Jesus was born and then you were born again and then things began to change and you're no longer a prisoner to sin but one day he touched you and you felt the wonderful presence of God. One day he gave you direction and he became your counselor. One day he picked you up and became your father. One day you recognized the authority in your life and those devils didn't mess with you no more and you knew there was a new governor in town who had new authority in your life. I'm just simply telling you, let's celebrate Jesus right now. Let's tell him happy birthday. Lord, it's about you this month. It's all about you who we recognize. There are some people that had they not been born, you wouldn't be here. You and I wouldn't be here right now. Jesus was trying to tell the people and help them understand in John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not, per, is, a, is not a permanent member of the family. If you have ever had sin in your life and it governed you at one point in your life, you weren't a permanent family member. You were not. You were a slave. Thank you, son. But a son is part of a family for. Ever. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. We celebrate freedom this past this 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 month because Jesus set us free and he was born and we celebrate that birth. Is it really December the 25th? I don't care. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm celebrating him this month anyways. I'm making my king the priority. I'm going to set aside some time, and I'm going to take time to tell him in my own, my own devotion, happy birthday, Lord. Happy birthday, Jesus. 
I love you. Thank you. Thank you for coming into this world. You didn't have to. You didn't have to, but you did anyhow. He didn't have to, but he did anyways. Y'all know nothing about that. I'm just telling you that God didn't have to step down from the corridors of heaven and step into this imperfect, black, dark world and not understanding everything. He still, as a human, trusted the internal spirit that was in him because the scripture says that he was tempted like you and I were, yet without sin. He walked through everything from Bethlehem to Calvary, God performed the greatest work that would ever be done in the entire world. He sent his son that was going to die for us, for you and I. Yet, while we were sinners, Christ died for you and I, is what the scripture said. What a gift. We have the gift of eternal life. I'm telling you, we have the gift of eternal life in our bosom because a baby was born. So point number two, and here's the point I want to leave you with, is this. Teaching the real meaning of Christmas is part of your legacy. Teaching the real meaning of Christmas is part of our legacy. I taught my kids. I'm going to tell you right now, and if you've got kids in here right now, if you want to cover the ears because I'm fixing to blow Santa away, just... I'm just telling you right now, I ain't got nothing against Santa. I don't care how many cookies he eats. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. That's fine. But when my kids were younger, I remember one time someone came home and said, can't wait for Santa to come. I had to fix that real quick because I had a problem, and this is just me. I had a problem with my kids thinking of fat guy with the beard who ate all the cookies giving the getting the credit for their toys when I know that God blessed us and enabled the parents to get them kids toys so I set my kids down real little and I taught them and I said listen I'm gonna teach you something and I read the Bible story to them I used to read the scriptures the story of Christ being born at Christmas when they were little and I told them the reason why you have gifts today is because Jesus blessed mom and daddy to give them to you. That's how Christmas happens. But there was a problem. Because now when my kids went to school and they started talking about Santa, my kids were like, Santa ain't real. Other kids, yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. My mom said so. My dad said so. That's not true. You get that phone call right, Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Rivera. We just want to let you know that uh, Haley made a girl cry today because she believed <laughs> and said that Santa's dead and not real. I'm sorry. I can't let him take the credit for everything good in our life. Jesus is the one that blessed us. That may sound religious. That may sound kind of like, oh, Pastor Bobby, you took it way too far. Have I really? Because this is what I hear at Christmas. <gasps> thank you, Jesus. Not thank you, Santa. <gasps> thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. I hear it all the time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Second, I get it. They got the order. Now, it just makes me feel good because when Hollywood tries to come in and try to tell the rest of the kids it, that there's another guy that's coming in, just uh, if it's just me, I, I get a little... I get a little, not, not like angry, but a little holy indignation starts to flame up inside of me because I really want to just simply say, hey, you got to remember, there was a baby born that gave his life for all of us, and, 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 and there, there's blessings that come into our life, and so we're missing the concept. See, this isn't really a deep message. There'll be moments when the Spirit of God comes in and begins to talk to us prophetically and we have these moments but there's sometimes we got to be practical and we got to go back to just making sure that we step ahead of the culture and say to the church this is what really happens and this is how it really should be because when this time comes around you're not a statistic of being depressed going in debt going crazy keeping up with everyone else making yourself feel like you've deprived your children let me tell you something. If we don't have money, we've got the mollusk to unwrap, and we're happy about that. Every year. That's why we've been doing tamales every year, because just in case, you never know. Got to have a backup plan. I'm unwrapping something. I'm wrapping something. That's all I'm saying. There were years it was tight, and we had to revert to the three gifts that Jesus got. Jesus only got three, sweetheart. You can get three this year, too wasn't a conviction it was a, just a safety net right <laughs> gotta make sure we're biblical man keep it right keep the my i don't speak spanish but my culture comes out every once in a while so bear with me leaving a real legacy leaving a legacy to your family will save your children the heartache and the depression that comes around December. If you're not here around this time of the year, Jesus will be. And by focusing all of our energy and all of our celebration, it's called building a new culture. The church is here to not embrace the culture that the world's projected to us. The church is actually here to institute the culture that comes from heaven and to not get sidetracked over all of the projected, unrealistic ideas and the stress that comes with it. Little, write this down. If there's anything you, you remember during this service, just remember this. Just remember this. Little is much when God is in it. What we now look forward to is family time on Christmas more than anything else. Every year, we have chosen to make it about family time. We have a tradition in our home. We have Mexican food in the morning, barbacoa and tamales every Christmas. Mi volver, volver. And we go eat Chinese food at night. I saw it in the Christmas story when I was little. And I thought that'd be the coolest thing to do. I want them to sing to me like that, right? Ra, 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 ra. Oh, come on. Anyways. 
from one dad to another dad to one parent to another parent, let me show you why God gave you creativity. Simple, something simple, but, but it's really something that we did for our kids. I want you to just take a look at this Christmas tree, right? So we understand the origin and a lot of, again, we have learned throughout the years how to adapt. We've learned that there's not a sin to take what's thrown at, the, at us culturally and turn it around and teach our kids differently. So this is what I did. This isn't in the Bible. It's not biblical at all. But this is just some creative juices flowing in daddy. And I told my kids that that star, kids, represents the star that was over Bethlehem when Jesus was born. It was a sign to the, to the wise men. And I said, wise men still seek Jesus. I said, that tree represents the tree that Jesus hung on and gave his life for all of us for. And that's what I taught my kids. I taught them, I said, you see all those lights on there? Those represent all the angels that are ministering spirits that God has sent into the world to protect us, to guide us, and direct us. And I said, those presents represent the generosity of God in our life. Jesus was given three presents on that day representing his future and what he would be. And so remember, every time you get a gift, it represents God's generosity and prosperity. For every good gift comes for him. His presence is everything. His presence is everything. What we're trying to teach and trying to instill in our church family is this. Make it about Jesus. Be creative. Celebrate him. And I promise you, the Holy Ghost, this is so important. And, and here's another thing to catch. And I, I, feel, I feel the Holy Ghost just want me to tell you this. I feel this right now. If you'll honor him during Christmas, his presence will be with you. And you'll have peace and love and joy. And he'll rid and eradicate all the stress that comes with this false projection, unrealistic expectation of a holiday. I feel the Holy Ghost when I said that. There is a peace and a love that will be on your family if you'll simply honor Jesus. Simply honor him. Let me give you a scripture for that. Let me give you a scripture. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26, the same prophet wrote this. The same prophet wrote this in Isaiah chapter 26. Do we have that back there? We don't. It's okay. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust the Lord always, and the Lord God is your eternal rock. Don't allow a holiday to derail your spiritual walk with God but allow the peace of God to become part of your life by letting your mind stay fixed on him this season our words to you is put Jesus first honor him like you've never honored him Pastor CJ has next week he's preaching this Sunday that next Sunday and he has a tremendous story in the way he was raised you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a great service. But our closing thought today is this. Don't get into debt this year when Jesus already got you out of it. Just a suggestion. But how many of you feel the peace of God in this building right now? Do you feel that? When we, when we begin to honor God in any way, it just... 
It just moves the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it just moves the Holy Ghost. I feel His presence in this building. Here's the weekly challenge for you. I'm still going to give you a weekly challenge. Read Luke chapter 2 to your family this week and explain the birth of Christ. Even as a family, if you have no children with you, read it as a couple. Reignite the purpose of this season. If you feel his presence, I want you to stand up and raise your hands right now and just love him. I'm so thankful, God. I'm so thankful. I feel the love and the peace of God in this building because we've decided to honor him. I feel God is pleased with this today. Why don't you tap into that and tell him, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are people who honor you. You said to become like children again, God, and you said to become childlike in our faith. Happy birthday, Lord. Happy birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday, Savior. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for you, God, we would be in prison, God. We would be in, in, in trouble. We would be, God, in, in, in an addictive world and imprisoned, Father, by devices and vices, God, that, that, that would never know. We would never know how to get out from. But, Lord, because you came into this world and were born, and you were born, God, without sin, and you brought your precious blood, God, and, and grew up to full maturity and went up to Calvary, and you dropped the blood in the earth, offering up, God, one time for an eternal sacrifice. Because of what you did, we've been delivered. We've been set free. We have been God empowered and enabled God to walk after you. We have walked in wonder. We walk in your counsel. We walk, God, with the perfect peace. We walk, God, in harmony with you. Thank you, dear God, for what you've done for us. Thank you, dear Lord. Now we pray, God, over every family here that the families that are here today would begin to feel, God, your presence throughout this season. That every family member here, Father, would not try to super exceed, God, a false expectation in their life. But we will stay within the boundaries of worship, Father, and honoring you and who you are and what you've done. We just pray today, Father, that we are realign our values of this month, God, and this season. And we begin to emphasize on the birth, God, of Jesus Christ and celebrate you, Father, all month and say thank you throughout our days. And remember, God, who you are, where you came from, and what the assignment was to love us, to bring us together, to save us, God, to pull us out of darkness, Father, to pick us up from the mud, God, to get us out of prison, to set us free today. And we celebrate you with that today. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody give him a shout of praise and thanksgiving and tell him, tell him how much you love him. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.